0: All right, everyone, welcome into episode eight of Without a Mic. Uh, today, I've got me, Roger Baugh, we've got Spencer Cook, and we've actually got a uh, guest, Joel, here for the first time. Joel, uh, say hi to everyone and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm terrible at, at introductions, so <laughs> I'm going to come across as really unlikable. Um, but they, pay, they I'm friends with Spencer, and he pretty much picked me because... I'm the coolest person he knows, and that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> um, we're talking about Potter, and he was just like, "Yo, you worked on the Harry Potter set, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then, uh, <laughs> and I knew, I knew Daniel. We were really good friends, and um, yeah, you have a special guest with you today, man. Now I'm just talking.
2: <laughs> that's probably the best introduction we've ever had yeah i, I by far. i ever given a good introduction so that's i don't that's think we've ever introduced ourselves
1: not. no <laughs> no that's,
2: true. that's no, not true yeah
1: i'm just friends with spencer i'm a, and i'm a videographer and photographer i just do weddings and with my wife and that's pretty much it right on very well,
2: talented by the way
1: <laughs> well we're happy to have you man
0: welcome on uh today we we're actually going to be talking about harry potter um, and a couple different aspects of it so uh recently hbo max had the harry potter 20th anniversary reunion uh special that came out so we're going to talk about that specifically and then share some of our thoughts on the series as a whole um specifically the movies but also uh, that includes the books as well
2: yeah and disclaimer we will not be talking about fantastic beasts um (laughs) (laughs) Roger no. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't know how Joel feels about this, but Roger and I have kind of a sour spot with that film series. Oh, yeah. I so,
1: want to know why. I know why right well, now.
2: first of all, I, I will also say I haven't seen them all completely. I saw like the first half hour, 45 minutes of the first one. And it was so, <laughs> it was so just all over the place. I didn't have any investment. It didn't, it didn't capture me with a story. It didn't capture me with any like attachment to Harry Potter or anything, you know, and I know it's separate. So I was, I was really bummed out. And then I just heard the second one. I think I heard that the second one was even worse. And so I just
0: absolutely uh, worse.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I, I'm just not going to invest myself in this.
1: I, I think I agree with you guys. I watched the first one and I was just like, I don't really care. I, I was, when I saw the ads I, or the trailers, I was never really interested in mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts. And it made me like, I think I like Harry Potter because I like the characters and not really the universe. Um, but I still like the universe. I think it works well, but I think I like the characters more. Um, and I think that's why I connect with Harry Potter, not Fantastic Beasts. Uh, yeah. And I think, it. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I thought it was mediocre. I thought it was good. Uh, I didn't like hate it though. I didn't see well, the I- second one. The second I one, a-
0: I actually have seen the second one, and it was a thousand times worse than the first one. It was, oh, why did, why was absolutely it terrible. Ah, uh, it was just so choppy. Like it, I, I think you guys have hit it on the head. But the first Fantastic Beasts, like you didn't really feel invested to any of the characters. Like Eddie Redmayne's character was obviously like the guy that you're supposed to like identify with, and um, and he was fine. Like I don't think he did a bad job per se. It's just that the, he wasn't. Well, this'll this'll kind of get into my thoughts on Harry Potter, but like his char- there were no characters in there that I related to and so it it made me not really care about the story. And the second one felt like they're like, "Okay, now that you love these characters from the first one, like let's go with them." And I was like, "But I don't love them. Like I don't yeah. want to go with them." And they just sort of tried to push that even harder. And it was just really weird and disjointed and there was it felt like it was just like a thrown on second thought story. Um, i haven't seen the new i don't know if it's even out yet the new the th- the third one i think it's like the secrets of dumbledore or something like that i don't really I don't want think it. it's out yet i think it comes out in march um yeah. yeah but i haven't i don't really have a desire to see that one because the second one was so bad um yeah I but,
2: really, it's it's kind of ironic we're like yeah we're not going to talk about fantastic <laughs> beast and now we can't can't stop talking about how yeah. bad it is which is which is fun <laughs> you know it's ironic but Kind of, a, it's funny. a set you know, kind of a cool transition into this reunion
1: mm-hmm. is
2: something that Joel said because he's like, hey, you know, you kind of like Harry Potter. I, I, maybe I got a flip, you know, flip flop, but you're like, you know, you like Harry Potter for the universe or the characters, not the universe. Yeah, and and I think that's it's funny because they brought back so many people for this reunion. They did. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to know your guys' thoughts. I kind of have one overarching emotion about it. I think it's because the series was filmed with them as kids rather than Mm -hmm. adults. Because I think about the Friends reunion and it was oddly kind of enjoyable. And I think about like the Fresh Prince reunion and all these other reunions and they kind of flow nicely. And something fell off for me as I watched this Harry Potter reunion. And and I'm trying to narrow down to what it was, but I think ultimately you're attached and invested to these characters as kids. And now you're seeing them as these, you know, straggly haired adults, you know, overweight a little bit, you know, kind of out of sync. They don't look as great. And it's like, it's human, you know, it's not like Mm -hmm. they look bad, it's just normal, but you never saw that side of them in this universe or in the series. And so the fact that they brought them back and they tried to re emulate this magic and this like feeling that you had of nostalgia, it felt a little off. I don't think it was super unenjoyable, but it felt off. So I'm intrigued to hear what you guys think.
1: Yeah, it felt like a cash grab to me when I watched the Union. I was just like, it felt like HBO was like, guys, the 20th anniversary is coming up for Harry Potter. We should do something. We should get the actors together and just reminisce. And then like you hear them talk and they're like, I haven't seen you since we filmed the movies. And I'm like, <laughs> they're clearly not friends. Like they don't really <laughs> This is this felt awkward and she's like oh kissing you was a nightmare and like with ron and uh-huh our, what's his name I rupert Grant. rupert yeah um, yeah. and it felt fo- yeah, it felt it felt forced and unauthentic that's that was like my overall feelings but there was like some cool like oh that was cool to see or no and it was clearly like they're just at universal studios when it's vacant um which is kind of <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah i
0: thought I thought overall the most genuine parts where we're uh, when you've got Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grant talking. Cause I I genuinely like felt the the kinship between the three of them. Like obviously they were the main focus of all the movies and they were spent the most time together. And I think what you said is true Spencer with like, I, I think, and they touched on this too in the reunion, but there hasn't really ever been a series like this where these like we have like Lord of the Rings and we have like these big series like but most of those were like a trilogy and they were filmed with the same actors as adults but I don't I can't think of another series where you have literally like kids that are 11 years old going all the way up to like their 20s and we get to sort of go through that experience with them so Mm -hmm. I I think that's what makes it unique and I think that's why so many people I've, I've actually talked to a lot of people who really liked the reunion they were like I got emotional it was awesome yeah. I think it was the nostalgia there that like oh yeah like I grew up with these kids because I think most people our age probably were about the same age as them watching the movies or close enough to it where you could kind of identify yeah. with them and so I think that's why that's probably a reason why the 20th anniversary like was so interesting to a lot of people yeah um, just because you could I... kind of follow along
1: I thought the most interesting parts was hearing about Emma's like thinking about leaving. Uh, yeah. I thought that was same. super cool. Very interesting. And I'm like, man, she should have just left. Or I, well, I don't know. Because um, especially as an actor, you're going to be tight cast when you're in those big blockbuster movies. Uh, and I I just really felt for her. Um, I, I feel for Daniel too, but I feel mm-hmm. like he's kind of gotten out of uh, the big you know, he's, he will always be Harry Potter. And they're, and that's the thing with them. They're always going to be those characters. I think they've even talked about that. Uh, was anyone specific that you guys really were like uh, that you liked what they said, or you learned something new?
2: I, I thought directly to Gary Oldman. When I saw Gary Oldman come on with Daniel Radcliffe, I actually thought that was the most genuine like sit down. Yeah. Cause it's funny and and once again i kind of relate it back and this is why i thought so hard on why i felt a little uncomfortable like not uncomfortable but i felt like something was off is because i feel like when i saw gary oldman and i forgot her name um but the woman who played bellatrix um yeah when she gone as well they they feel so real and i'm like maybe it's because i saw them as adults and now i'm just seeing them as older adults but when i see like rupert you know who is ron he just looks he looks now like he doesn't want to be there you know when i see you know uh the kid who played draco malfoy he seems like tom a little felton. bit straggly yeah tom felton he just seems like a little bit out of it and and once again he they've all just grown up but mm-hmm. yeah. you, you imagine them in this sphere as kids and so seeing gary oldman he seemed the same, you know, he seemed authentic as an adult because he was authentic as an adult when you saw him in the films. Bellatrix, yeah. you saw her as an adult in the films and you see her as an adult now. And I enjoyed seeing them on yeah. screen.
1: That, that's, they talked about that or just like they're growing up on screen. They're figuring out who they are as people while also trying to be a fake person as a living mm-hmm. And I was just like, that sounds miserable. I, w- I don't envy that at all. And you're always in the spotlight of having to be like, uh, you're having to be Spencer Cook or Roger Ball. Oh, i do sorry, I forgot how to pronounce your name. No, or that Richard. was right. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And imagine like you're, you're this like famous fake persona and you feel like you don't know who you are. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I'm, I was actually like, I'm surprised they went into, they talked about her um departure that was the only part that seemed like oh like they're talking about something you feel like you're not supposed to talk about um which was like kind of (laughs) cool rather it brought a
2: realistic emotion
1: yeah and everything else felt like a little fake um it was really interesting to see the casting process uh with Harry um and I actually looked up I was like I wonder who else was like going to be uh, Harry Potter. um And it turns out like Haley Joel Osman was like up for Harry Potter. I didn't know that.
2: Hmm. Who's Haley Joel Osman? I don't know. I don't, don't know have you
1: ever seen the movie where he's like, I see dead people?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the the Success. The, the little, kid, the little oh. kid in that. Yeah. Okay. The
1: Success. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah. He was supposed to, uh Steven Spielberg was actually going to direct the first one. Wow. And he hmm. was the one that wanted Haley Joel Osman and jk rowling was like nah like i don't he, he's a terrible actor um no, just i don't know they there was just like creative differences and and i think chris columbus yeah should we start talking about the movies or should we was there anything well, else about the reunion that you guys wanted to talk about yeah
0: i had something um i i, I like what you brought up about them talking about leaving and i think kind of to go along with that. The second part, I think that was their first like they kind of opened up, but I think what really was interesting was towards the very end when they were like I specifically I remember Rupert Grint saying this, but he said I got to the point where I didn't know who, where where the character ended and where I began. Like Yeah. And it, they said it was like it's an extreme form of method acting, which is true because it's not like you, you know, it's not like you're Heath Ledger where you're the Joker and you like go into isolation and just become this person it's like you literally grew up like where almost more of your life was was being someone not real than actually developing yourself and so that line is super blurry I'm sure when you get out of that process you're like Harry Potter's done okay crap like what's me and what's the character because I've grown up as both of them so I thought that was really interesting because Again, like this is kind of a unique thing. The only other show I could think of that maybe did this or like like Game of Thrones maybe because you had these like the Stark kids grow up throughout the show and they like kind of became these characters over years and years and years. Granted, there was more like space between them, I think those, those seasons. But again, just super interesting to see kind of that effect that it had on people. I haven't seen Rupert Grint in a lot of stuff like I think he was like I'm done with acting for the most part I've, he's, he's been in a couple things but obviously Emma Watson's been in quite a few things and Daniel Radcliffe has as well um, Daniel Radcliffe's actually going to play Weird Owl in the new Weird Owl <laughs> movie so
2: no that's funny so well yeah. you, you, you make a really good point because though you know he was what cast at how old were they in the first film 11
0: they were 11 mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah, so 11 years old, right? So though they had, you know, quote unquote, 11 years before that, they, they were just entering the peak years of development, which mm-hmm. is the teenage years. And so when you enter the teenage years in an exceptionally popular franchise, you know, it's, it's not like being a TV, you know, actor at 11 and you're kind of, you're on screen and it's, you know, a show that people enjoy, but you're not blowing up. I'm sure there are similarities. But when you take a series where you're the main person or one of the main three and you're being bombarded with all these press tours and everything during the development years, I can see why Rupert Grint's saying, I don't know if I'm really Ron or if I'm Rupert. Like I literally don't know how to cipher between the two or how to separate. But yeah, I just, I find that really interesting and I kind of feel for them. And I'm glad that Emma brought that in. I, I imagine Emma's still, enjoying and loving acting because she actually had that realization at that age. Like, Hey, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. While Rupert was like, I'm just going to keep going because that's what I'm supposed to do. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, definitely agree.
0: Um, One other, Oh, one other thought I had was just the, the sheer amount of great actors and actresses that were in Harry Potter as a whole over the years. Like, yeah, I forgot about Gary Oldman and Helena Bonham Carter um you've got oh man uh ralph finnings helen, McCreary, ralph Fiennes, helen McCr- mccrory is it mccrory from uh, peaky yeah, blinders. Yeah, from peaky blinders Yeah. Um, you've got alan rickman rest in peace. yes rest in peace oh yeah all the people who passed away that part like hit me i was like dang
1: like yeah not
0: necessarily because you and you were in harry potter but just like all these great actors um yeah you know so I wish, yeah, that... I wish
1: they did reminisce more about the people that passed away. I, was Same. Saying, I wish they got to talk more about like Alan Rickman or what it was like, any set experiences that you remember. Um, yeah, I wish they talked more about that. But it was more just like Same. reminiscing about like, oh, I had a crush on Tom. Well, <laughs> uh...
2: They did, you know, to your point, they did have the ammunition to make an entire series of the reunion. Like they really did. For if sure, they yeah. wanted to. You know, they really could have found old clips and pieced them together and, you know, had different segments. And don't get me wrong. I enjoyed, you know, the hour and a half or two hours of this reunion. But there was also just that feeling of underwhelm, you know, underwhelming emotions afterwards. But, yeah, let's talk about the series. I got some pros and cons. Um, I got a couple, you know, thought random facts even. But I just want to hear your overall thoughts. I know Roger has some. Uh, he, he at least you know, introduced them in this controversial, you know, thoughts on the series compared to what the rest of the world feels, but
1: okay. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: Uh, I'll
2: let you start Roger.
0: Well, I was going to say, let's just talk some pros first.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. <'Cause laughs> okay. I, I,
0: I don't, I don't necessarily, it's not like I hate the series, but I think I like, I had a couple things that came to mind. Um, as I actually, as I was watching the the 20th anniversary reunion and the most common theme that I picked up on that everyone was saying was like the word belonging, like belong. Like I felt like it helped me belong. Hmm. So that was kind of like the main theme for me. And I think that's the most enduring trait from Harry Potter to this day. Cause the movies of, you know, the the last Harry Potter movie, not counting fantastic beasts came out like quite a couple of years ago. But people still go and they, you know, they go to Universal Studios and they go to Harry Potter world and they, you know, still read the books and they watch the movies regularly and they, you know, they buy the merchandise and stuff. And it's like, I think Harry Potter, the best thing it did was it helped a bunch of like awkward teenagers, like feel like they belong to something. And yeah. they grew up with that, like through the process. And so I think um, I think that's probably the, the best thing about Harry Potter, in my opinion, is just sort of that feeling like you belong in that world um that's kind of the theme that the actors seem to give off and sort of what I've seen from the people that I know and and kind of just my observations
1: yeah it seemed like all read the books or knew about it except Daniel uh from what I remember from the reunion he like didn't want to do it or no his parents didn't want him to do it right they didn't want
0: him to do it yeah
1: yeah uh, which is really cool, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, just, but I, I actually understand that. Like, I don't know if I would, if I had a kid, I'm like, I do I want my kid to be like everywhere to be Harry Potter? Like he's going to be exposed to so much like terrible things and like in the industry a little, you know, ugh. but um, yeah, and like the press, I don't know. Yeah. And they talked about like fame um sorry we're like I, th- I feel a theme of fame here uh, but uh sorry what were you saying roger oh i, I like was just pros talking- yeah like oh, pros like
0: of the overall series not even necessarily just the 20th oh, okay. anniversary but but what are what's I think like i, have, of the big I think causes? i have a
1: controversial opinion um and i'm sorry if i hurt your guys' feelings with this uh have you guys ever seen that one comedian and he talks about the comparison between star wars and harry potter like actually they're like the same thing no. no no okay well i'm gonna butcher this joke i don't even remember it but he just talks about like all the similarities of like you got this you know a boy who is growing up with his uncle and aunt um same thing with luke skywalker and then like and then he's met by this like bearded weirdo um, Obi-Wan and Hagrid and then and that shows him to this new world of like magic or whatever um, and powers and and then he learns that magic over time while meeting friends and like and he has this weird old like counselor which is like Yoda or Dumbledore um, and they're actually like really similar but I think to in my controversial opinion that harry potter pulls it off a little bit better oh um, okay oh okay it's like with it's a classic like good hero's versus journey. evil hero's journey it really is um but to me i'm like i the ending how it's how it ends is a little bit better than having like you know a bunch of like what are they called ewoks, <laughs> ewoks just like dance around and party and we'll sing despicable me songs and it'll go away. Uh, and I, I just think the ending is like, they're sending their kids off to Hogwarts. It's like, a, like, oh, they tied that up really well. And like, it makes me cry every time I never cry at the end of star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think Harry Potter has a ton of pros. Um, I think it revolutionized like visual effects. It was really advanced for its time. But, uh, i connect with the characters really really well it has a ton of like uh i don't know you can it has a whole lore into like the the magic i guess which i think is really interesting and that's like a cred to jk um but like it's not like a super original idea but i like the originality with the magic and like it just takes your uh, wizards and uh which is and just makes it into a school and i like that and they and they pulled off really really well um i don't know what are some other pros you guys have
2: i actually so i relate to a lot of your points and i have them written here i I have three main pros that i took from this this series um real quick before i dive into them because i am curious by because you're like it's not fully original, and and are you just kind of, you know, comparing to the aspect of witches and wizards? oh, just like
1: no more like the writing, like it's a classic hero's journey story. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, but the originality cool. is like with the witches and wizards and okay. diving. Into yeah. It. So
2: the first thing that I put on here is that the series is generational. Um, I think they they had a purpose with what they were doing because what they did is they made this series to be completely invested. As children who will then grow up and reintroduce it to their children, who will then grow up and reintroduce it to their children, regardless of the of the era that we're in, and I think that will continue. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the series is worth fifteen billion dollars, and it's not stopping. <laughs> and to what you know, Roger was saying earlier with Universal Studios, you know, you have Harry Potter World, all the merchandise, the movies, you know, coming on what feels like every month of the year. Um, it's a generational series, which leads me into my next pro, which, you know, with the originality to what Joel was saying, you can compare it to a Star Wars, a Lord of the Rings, you know, potentially Dune, The Matrix. These these movies are these series that will stand the test of time. I really think in a hundred years, people will still be watching Harry Potter and the original ones, you know, no spinoffs, no new ones. with Star Wars, we're here fifty years later and we're still watching Star Wars, you know, and we're actually built, we're making more because of how popular they are. And so with that being said, there is major, major progression throughout this series. I was a little uh I mean, I have to keep reminding myself it was early two thousand during the first one, you know, because I was like, I was like, oh, you know, it was kind of cheesy and it was a little bit, you know, over the top.
1: Uh, but the children acting in it is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll go into that when we go into the cons. But I will say the progression of two things really stuck out. The progression of opposition I really enjoyed um, from you know the first movie, which seemed so just like nothing wrong, nothing could go wrong, even when they introduced the you know the, the villain, you still never felt scared. While in you know the fourth one. Or the fifth one or the sixth one or the seventh one feel this progression of the opposition which adds a lot more um emotional investment in my opinion and then to joel's point the the progression of special effects i think that's phenomenal for the time for its time um you know I, I watched the seventh one you know, part and even the fifth one with the you know the two main fights between the order of the phoenix and then you have dumbledore and, and voldemort and they're just phenomenal you know i'm like that's not 2018 that's not 2015 you know that's like 2009 you know that's like 2008 and so i i thought that they were really ahead of their time and there's a lot of pros to take from this but i think ultimately it's a generational series that will never be i don't i don't think anybody will ever stop watching it
1: um yeah they're definitely timeless like uh, they'll definitely stand the test of time. I think better than most series yeah. too. Like I, I find very little flaws with uh continuity or visual effects. Um, but I can, I definitely, I like the change of tones. That's actually one thing that uh they had so many different directors. Uh, yeah, four and- I think. Yeah, and I think they pulled it off really, really well with how many different directors they had. Did you guys have a favorite one? Our favorite director? I didn't I think... even
2: know that they had this many until I watched the... the... <laughs> I knew they had like two, but I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. I feel like they, they switched every two movies.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Like the movies or the books were being written while the movies were being made too. And so they don't even know how it ends um and that's fun and oh that was one thing from the reunion that alan rickman was the only one that knew the the ending and jk was which i was like that feels a little made up but okay um but if i'm like if it's, it's alan true, rickman so
0: you're not going to say no to him
1: exactly yeah i'm like
0: what's well, going to happen in chapter five so he's <laughs> like oh here it is
1: catch him. He's like I, he's he just didn't want to read that. That was pretty much it. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, he's like just tell me what happened so I don't
1: have to read these books. <laughs> <laughs> much. Um,
0: well, I think I I like that though. Like, uh, I do like the progression of. I, they even mentioned this in the 20th anniversary, but they're like the first movie was supposed to be like an introduction to Harry Potter, and it was it was a kids movie. Like it it yeah. really was. But the last, like you said, four or five. I feel like four took that deep dark turn at the end four, five, six, seven, one, seven, two, definitely felt like adults movies that were
1: more dark um i feel like i feel like the third one changed everything after chris columbus left the third one like, the third one was it was one and two feel like a different series they really are like uh they they like kid fantasy movies um yeah but if but if they sucked they wouldn't have made like uh they, i think they did a really good job and i love how practical the first two were mm-hmm. that was one thing i really like they're my least favorite but i like i love them they're like in a special place um and i love how practical the effects were like the basil basilisk i don't forget how to say it the basilisk, I, I'm like, that look, yeah <laughs> that looks freaking real mm-hmm. um and what else like the the spider you could tell that was real uh, or like all a,
2: the food was real no, yeah, the, even, would, oh the
1: candles that, that was a they nice. yeah, the candles. Use,
2: yeah they wanted to use real candles but i guess it uh got some major
1: safety issues or something <laughs> honestly well, i was did like, use them <laughs> the oh did ca- they yeah oh wow they yeah, were the using candles them. the candles felt like a like you don't have to do that but like i bet it helped with the actors um yeah because they were talking about like, how the,
0: the great hall they walked in and they literally had floating candles on strings like they said yeah. that they were falling at one point i don't know they didn't say if they fixed it but i think that would that was cool for the immersing yourself in the role like
1: yeah i'm sure it helped them immerse for like five minutes and they're like oh that's real candles it's literally coming down yeah like, that <laughs> seems like a terrible idea and hazard um but now i'm like they, could, they should just cg that crap to um, answer your
0: question uh joel you asked what my what our what our favorite one was yeah. and favorite i actually... director
1: or favorite movie yeah
0: i I've read so I read the books Um, and I remember really loving the books because I read them as a teenager like I think I read them I I think I might have picked them I read them after the fifth one came out and so I read one two three four five and then I had to wait for six and seven to come out so um I think I liked the fourth book the best but I think that one was probably the furthest from the actual story when the movie did it because I the fourth yeah. one was like this Tri tournament, it was really cool. There was a lot of depth and a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that enriched the actual tournament. And I feel like the movie, which isn't necessarily their fault, it just really focused on the Tri tournament and it took out a lot of that background stuff that really added depth to that story. So I, I,
1: I honestly I, think I used to hate the fourth one. Sorry to interrupt, Roger. The movie or the book? Hate, uh, the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I know. I read, I think I read the book. I honestly don't remember, but I remember like, it's the biggest
0: book. It's a huge, freaking book. Yeah, it's the biggest book. Like 640 pages or something like that. Yeah. I think it's like like, 900.
1: Yeah. So it's like natural to like, you're going to cut out some stuff for a two and a half hour movie. Um, And I think they did a really good job for, you know, what that book had to offer. Agreed. Um, But like
2: 636, by the way.
1: 636. Dang. I, like in the book it goes into depth of like the Quidditch uh the World Cup. The, the World Cup, yeah. And then mm-hmm. the movie. It's just like they're there and then it cuts away and you don't see any of the Quidditch action. Mm-hmm. Um But I'm like I, I get what they're trying to do and they just they I know they changed a lot of the uh of like choices in the book and I think they did a really yeah. good job. And to me that felt that movie feels like a rom com or like a teen rom com. <laughs> Um, and they like they have the dance sequence, and they focus on the Triwizard Tournament, uh, and then it gets like super dark at the end, uh, mm-hmm. with, which with was Baltimore. the best part. Yeah, and the, like the twist with Mad Eye Moody, um, I thought that was really good. But I, I think the fourth one doesn't get enough credit with uh, with how it had to like interpret the book. Uh, I I feel like that would have been the hardest to direct if I was like the director, but the most fun at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think this is I think Harry Potter needs like the Lord of the Rings treatment, where you come out with like a three-hour extended edition of some of these yeah. movies. Like the first yeah. three, you could probably just leave, but like four, five, six, seven, since they did two parts, you can leave it. But like four, five, and six, I think would really benefit from like an extended edition. And I honestly think if they were made today, like if they're like, okay, let's start making Harry Potter now it would probably end up being like an Amazon prime TV show, which might actually do it more of a service because then you can really like go more deeply into the lore and some of the other stuff. Like I think the fifth book was the most boring. Cause it was like, we're just in school and detention all the time. Like the, the villain is a, a bad teacher, you know, yeah. like for most of it. So it's like that one was just really long and like laborious to read and get through. And there wasn't a lot, like the two big fight scenes happened at, in the last half hour of the movie but, like, the Triwizard Tournament had a lot of engagement. Like, you know, the whole looking for Horcruxes was engaging. Like, I feel like the fifth one had the worst pacing. But I think the fourth one and probably the sixth one would have benefited from an extended edition. Like, here's, like, another half hour of the movie. We'll fill it out a little bit more and kind of give you more of the back behind the scenes. And I think everyone would really love that.
2: What's your favorite movie, man? What's your, what's your favorite
1: oh me yeah
2: both of you because yeah i was like I i'm roger interested said it. Roger yeah said i was he like like the book of the fourth but i didn't hear your favorite
1: yeah what's your favorite roger favorite movie i i don't know i
0: i kind of want to say three or two okay. maybe okay. like what's, yeah probably three what's your least favorite uh probably the fifth one okay mm. i just think the, I, the pacing is just terrible
1: Hmm. yeah i actually i I think i i actually really i enjoy most of them um i think they progressively like get a little bit better kind of Mm -hmm. i think the sixth one is where things like kind of drop or to me that one feels like the most like be the most dull it is the most dull in my opinion um the fifth one i actually like the politics in it um like the very beginning of like is he even gonna get to school or he's gonna be banished um for using magic outside of school? Um but he was doing it, you know, uh for a right cause, you know, he saved his brother. Um and then uh I actually kind of like the villain, the bad teacher, um just showing how manipulative rich. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, showing how manipulative uh they're like some one bad person in government can be um True. and um, i'm trying to remember what else was in the fifth oh and like the death of uh gary oldman's character uh, i thought that was really sad and also a little abrupt he just like dies and then he like floats away right in front mm-hmm. of harry's face i was like harry has like the most traumatic life um, yeah. <laughs> but um the sixth one is to me is kind of a guilty pleasure at the same time uh and like the color palette feels really different yeah i think um daniel radcliffe i think that was the one where he started having drinking problems on set um and like his character is kind of like half drunk in the movie too with like the love potion yeah yeah um and that one feels weird and then at the very end it gets like really dark with like Voldemort or no dumbledore and he's like Just feed me this drink. uh, Just force it down my throat. Like Harry's like a sixteen year old. You're like, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm like, that (laughs) seems terrible. That uh, that movie's like really weird for me. Uh, I saw the also the death of Dumbledore. That one to me feels like the most tonally like what is going on. But I still don't think it's a bad movie. I think they're all good. Um, But to me, I think the sixth one is like the worst. Uh, But I think my favorite either has to be the last or probably the third i know that's like everyone's favorite but to me i'm like Mm. it it dives into like harry more into like who he is cinematography is like really amazing the time travel is really cool um and like i I just love it it's like a classic i think it's like it's kind of perfect in a way and the acting in it i think is the best there's that one scene uh right when they reveal the who the rat is and it's uh what's his name gosh sorry guys i'm oh, peter Pettigrew. peter Pettigrew, and it turns out that he's the rat and and it's the i guess that secret room under the tree mm-hmm. and like when Snape comes in um professor lupin and gary oldman it's like all the best actors of the series and like and then when you watch them all start acting you're like man they're so much better than like daniel and emma and rupert <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um and to me i was like that's probably like the best scene in all of harry potter and like the room is like moving at the same time there's just so much going on in that scene um so, yeah to me that, that has the best acting uh and that yeah the third one's probably my favorite what about you spencer
2: I feel like I have the most controversial picks compared to what I've been hearing from both of you. Because A, so The Fourth is my favorite movie. Um, Good choice. I love The Fourth. And I think think the main reason is because, in my opinion, it's the most rewatchable movie out of the entire series. Like, if I just want to watch one of the eight, I'm going to throw in The Fourth. I feel like it's the most, like, audience enticing. It has, like, the most entertaining storyline. And then The End is super captivating. The End is by far the best um, of that movie, and then um, my, but I will say one of my cons as well. But this feeds into what it is. I mean, these movies cheated at the books. Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, I I think they should have just expanded the the movies. You know, I think they should have mm-hmm. made part two. You know, they made part one and part two for you know for seven. They should make part one, part two, for four. And I understand there's contract you know situations and. Acting obligations that come into play, but I feel like if you're going to do that for you know a 700 page book, you can do that for a 640 page book. Um, But I really enjoyed the fourth, and I think my least favorite—it's kind of a toss-up. I think my least favorite is seven part one. It's it's so hard. Yeah, for me, it's very hard to get into. Like I had a hard time. Um, It's really really like it's it's a good story, but you have to be invested in understanding the story is two pieces because if you're just looking at it like through the lens of one movie you're like wow this is so boring and so long in my opinion um and I also really dislike the third movie not for the story (laughs) not for the story because I think the third the third movie had a great story and it introduced some great characters but they they did things exceptionally different from the first and second as mm-hmm. as we talked about because
0: they switched directors i almost think double door died double... well the actor yeah
2: yeah the actor that played double door yeah i just think they they changed like that realistic feel you know the practicality of one and two so much that it, it felt a little bit over the top with their blue color scheming and the special effects, they, they they wanted to showcase that they could do special effects. And they did a good job, but I think it was a little bit over the top.
0: Yeah, there's, um, I think, I, I agree, I, I think it, it goes along with what we were kind of talking about with, you know, like an extended edition or, or doing a two-part movie. I think the fourth one, I also like to watch the fourth one, but like I said, that, that's why I said the fourth one's my favorite book. But I think, I think honestly, the the whole Dumbledore change was terrible. I think the first Dumbledore was how I pictured Dumbledore in the books, and that second Dumbledore that they got—I don't remember the actor's name. They didn't even mention him in the like. No one talked about him in the in the 20th anniversary thing. They're like, Do you know that why all? he didn't come? You know why he didn't come? Because he was terrible. It's
2: Apparently, I read that he didn't like the memes that he was seeing about the Goblet of Fire. Harry, did you put your name in the fire?
0: That's Exhibit in- A of why he was terrible. In the book,
2: it says that he does it. He, in the book, it says he does it calmly, and- yeah, or, or lovingly, and he just goes off in the movie.
0: He just so felt like he I was guess- like some dirty old bum that like they just found <laughs> on the street. Like they pulled him out of the trash can, and he's like, and they're like, hey, you want to be Dumbledore? And he's like, Dumble what? And they're like, perfect. And they're like, here's a wand. Go push Harry around and be violent. And that's mm-hmm. literally like what he was because I. I feel like that first Dumbledore, like, um, he felt like that, like, grandfatherly, like, loving guy that you could just go to and he would just embrace you and, like, you know, mentor you and all that stuff. And that second Dumbledore, I feel like that, the, the tone of the movies changed just because of him, purely.
2: Really? They ran I... into such a practical problem, though, right? Like, with the first Dumbledore... He would have never been able to play the, you know, intimidating scenes of Dumbledore and his leadership and his movements and, you know, him having these battles. Like, I could never imagine, (laughs) I forgot his name, but I could never imagine the actor, like, being like, Voldemort? No, I say no. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine him, like, being intimidating.
1: Second Dumbledore, I actually like more. Uh, i he felt more I, aggressive I and like felt more like he could handle shit like he could handle anything and like he could handle um anything that comes his way and the first one just felt like a very passive grandfather and uh <laughs> i don't know that's true i like couldn't... but like i get how instead you pictured him um but he, he fit those he, movies he looked the part uh to me and i didn't read the books before reading the movie so i wasn't like comparing it to like oh they got it wrong um i feel like that's a lot of a lot of points of why you just don't like the movies or it's like inaccuracy or you wish they dove in deeper is that right not necessarily i
2: i read the books but i i read them so long ago that i i remember the movies way more than i remember the books
1: gotcha
0: I also uh-huh. always root for the villain in, in these kinds of stories. Like I've rooted for Thanos, Palpatine, you know, Voldemort. Cause I feel like kind of like you mentioned your earliest point, like it's a lot of these stories are a classic hero's journey. And so, and I guess maybe this can get into like, we can start talking about some cons, but um, I feel like the, in these stories, the hero is only as good as the villain. And so like, if you have a great villain that, gives some controversy to the story that's what makes the story great because it's like so so let me I guess let me go into like my one of my main cons about Harry Potter so one thing actually Jason Isaacs who plays Lucius Malfoy said this in the in the 20th anniversary but he said Harry's and this is sort of paraphrasing he said Harry is always going to do the right thing there's never a dilemma for him and I think that is a perfect example of what I don't like about Harry Potter. And actually a lot of stories do this too. Like, um, like you've got like hunger games and like, like a lot of these like teen YA stories that have been adapted to movies is that the main character never, and even Luke to an, ex- to an extent, like they never, you always know they're going to do the right thing. It's so predictable. And I think the problem with that is it's not realistic. Um, so you were read- Harry had more flaws i here? wish harry had more controversy in him like because no one i feel like is the perfect person like i don't know anyone in my life that's like yeah this person's always going to do the right thing there's never a dilemma for them like that's just not realistic like people make mistakes like and i think so i read a lot of fantasy books um and one of my favorite authors he was kind of asked like what do you think of harry potter and this has like changed the way i think about harry potter he said I feel like JK Rowling did a huge disservice to the Harry Potter audience because Harry Potter doesn't teach any values in my opinion. And I thought about that and I was like, you know what? You're right. And the the way, the reason that I agree with him is because you see like Harry Potter world and you see all the fans of Harry Potter. No one is like wanting to be Harry Potter. You're not like Harry Potter's like my idol. Like they just want to be in the world. They're like, I want to wear a Gryffindor. Like, like hoodie or a a scarf I want to feel like I'm in Hogwarts I don't want to be Harry Potter I want to be a Gryffindor me sort of Mm. and I think that's true because I don't think personally that any of the like sure there's moments of like oh that was like pretty brave or oh that was pretty like courageous but I don't I don't think that necessarily any character in here is like wow, I really want to be like Dumbledore or I really want to be like Harry Potter or I really want to be like Sirius Black. Like, I just don't. Like, none of these people are, like, inspiring me to be a better person, in my opinion. Um, And I think there's a lot of other stories or things you can look at that I have seen that in where it's like, oh, yeah, this person inspires me to be better. And so I think for a bunch of kids reading, you know, these stories about kids growing up, I think Harry Potter was just circumstantially doing the right thing every time. And I don't think that necessarily teaches anyone anything. And I feel like he was very lucky throughout the story, which is sort of like, you know, the, again, the writing, like you could have put him in situations where it's like, you have to stand up for what you believe, but it was always just like, oh yeah, you're gonna fight and you're gonna win. Like it's pretty predictable. Mm.
2: I almost have a different thought because I, so I, I agree individually, like if you're saying Harry Potter himself, like mm-hmm. that does make sense to me. Nobody, nobody is saying I want to be Harry Potter. Like they're saying, I want to be Captain America, you know, like, right. it's not, Man. that's not a similarity, but I will say there's kind of a collective value, you know, when it comes to friendship, you know, and kind of that, that growth or when it comes to trusting your, you know, your gut feeling over what everybody else is telling you, you know, in regards to serious black, everybody's telling them serious. Black is this murderer, this bad person. And he's like, well, I'm not going to judge a book by its cover. You know, I'm going to kind of hear this now. Now, at first you're a little bit skeptical, but then he was like, no, I I see that you're good. And so there are those moments collectively throughout the film that I think teach you some really good, maybe, I don't know if I want to call them values, but they teach you really good aspects of life. You know, like, hey, you know, Ron, you pissed off at me for something exceptionally stupid, but we're going to be friends, you know, throughout all these arguments and all these you know, different scenarios that we go through. But I do find it interesting that you say that because I've never thought about it that way. No, everybody wants the universe or the world. They don't want the characters or they don't want to be the characters.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that it's, I think you're right. And I, and I'm not saying that there aren't any things to be learned from Harry Potter and that there aren't good moments that that are teachable but I think that's the problem is that there's a lot of moments but they're not character Mm. traits you don't and I think everyone was sort of another big problem is it's like everyone just fits like Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin it's like oh you're Slytherin you're a terrible person you're Gryffindor you're brave like like you, you are the house that you're put into like there's no like individualism there it's like oh all the good characters become Gryffindor and there's a couple nice people from Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw and it's like oh Malfoy he's Slytherin of course because they're all liars and Voldemort was in Slytherin so it's like every like I don't know I just think you know it kind yeah. of
1: that, kind that of message, simpler, it's like... yeah it's simpler like astrology that's pretty yeah right basically
0: it. <laughs> it's like a four four sign astrology thing. yeah
1: yeah I wish they did dive into more it I it did feel like Harry's movies um I think I would like like a spinoff like more of the history because like when i watch it i'm like this school is terrible like i always like joke about that but i'm like i always like want to go to hogwarts i it always gives me that feeling i don't know i'm like and i you know universal just capitalize off of that but um and i think they did a great job of that uh, i think that's mainly right. credit to chris columbus um and that like every time i watch the hogwarts scene i'm like man i want to go there i want to go to school there um yeah or take a class but even though i'm like literally all the classes feel terrible um and like (laughs) there's so much like dangerous things going on i'm like this school is full of hazards i'm gonna die um but also really i think it'd be fun to just like fly on a broomstick or play quit um yeah. I think that's I the feel- best
0: part about Harry Potter. That's what people love about it. They're like, I want to go to Hogwarts. Exactly. I want to have that experience. You know, I want to get it get sorted. Or like you said, flying a broomstick. And I think your point, Joel, earlier was like the special effects being so ahead of their time really created that, that environment, mm-hmm. that world. And so when you go to Harry, like my wife and I, we went to Universal like two years ago. And we go in there and like, we're going around to all the rides. We hadn't gone to Harry Potter world yet. There's no one there. Like we're going on all these rides. We're walking on like, and then we went to Harry Potter world and everyone was there. So literally people buy tickets just to go to, it's not universal. We're going to Harry Potter world is what yeah. they say. Yeah. And it's yeah. cool, you know, cause it gives you that immersion. You know, you can buy a wand that interacts with the world and it, you feel like you're a wizard. and And that's what people really want. That's what I... they take away from Harry Potter
1: it also feels like we have contradicting thoughts like we say we love the world but then we're like i don't want to watch fantastic beasts because i like the characters from harry potter um and but you're saying you you feel like you just wish or you wish harry didn't always do the right thing uh or you just had he had some controversy is it
0: um so to, to kind of give you a comparison um, yeah. and, and, a, and a comparison that I can kind of think of like a, a common one and an uncommon one. So I think of like Peter Parker, right? Spider-Man. His, Stan Lee basically had to fight to get her, Spider-Man to actually be made because he's like, this is a kid with a bunch of problems. Like, and he's imperfect and he's dealing with life and he's not handling it, you know, necessarily well all the time. And that's what made people... Relate to Spider Man. And we talked about this on our Spider Man review, but like he also said, the best part about Spider Man is since he's wearing a mask, he can be any race, any gender, like, you know, anyone can identify with Spider Man. And so I think when you watch the Spider Man movies, I think he, you know, you identify with him because of his flaws and like because of his imperfections and his struggle. And I think Harry Potter lacks that just because they told you from the beginning he's the boy who lived. And he's the main character. Like, he's not going to die. You know, like, the whole thing is predetermined. But, like, Spider-Man, it's, like, Spider-Man, each version of them has lost someone. You know, Andrew Garfield literally failed to save his his significant other. And he lives with that trauma. Like, that's, like, something. I mean, Harry Potter lost Sirius Black and he was kind of sad about it. But it you never, like, I don't know. I never felt like that got to me. Like, I didn't feel that. But, mm-hmm. like, when Andrew Garfield, like, tries to save... You know gwen stacy and sh- her, her neck snaps you're like oh my goodness and then you see spider-man no way home and you see like the emotion of him still carrying that like i felt that but like harry losing Sirius black it's like oh that's a bummer you know like <laughs> but i don't but i don't relate to harry in that loss yeah. the way that i do with like andrew garfield for example i think that's, yeah, I think that's... sort of an example
2: that's a missed opportunity by the filmmakers, in my opinion, because I think by that time we are invested in Sirius Black as the as the parent figure for Harry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He died. You literally see him float away, and then they move on. Whereas yeah. when Gwen Stacy dies, there's there's a, a five to ten minute scene about him crying and holding her, and you feel these emotions, you know. And then he goes to her funeral. It's like there's a scene where it just it stays with that mm-hmm. for a good chunk and I feel like they I think they should have done that I think they should have had this kind of you know put in the box you know there's kind of this analogy where you you know allow your emotions to flail and wander and be crazy and then put them in the box but if you don't allow them to do that it's going to be hard to put them in the box and put it on the shelf and I felt like they just kind of said oh Sirius died there's that really small moment of like oh my god and then it just moves on you know mm-hmm. so you feel it real quick and then you're like nope sorry we're gonna move forward yeah and i think that's where they messed up
1: i think they're a little bit different at the same time because i think harry's this person that is always looking for a mentor and literally every time he finds a mentor something happens um and i think that's what i relate to with harry um and like, since he w- he just wants to feel. Uh, he just wants to learn. Um, he wants to grow. Same thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, and or I, I, think he just wants some guidance. And every person he turns to for guidance dies or like loses their job. Um, and and he, he's like trying to figure out who he is. And I think that's why I like Harry. Um, and you know same with peter uh and but i think it's a different relationship because that's like a loved a loved one or you know someone with a yeah. yeah 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 um and with Sirius, it was more like it's like his uncle um but Sirius black yeah, I was only want to in three movies <laughs> i think i think dumbledore uh was like his biggest mentor and when dumbledore died i think that had a huge i was like oh i'm like i'm crying like and then, like everyone holds up their wands like he was a huge he had a huge impact on like the world and everybody around him um i think the amazing spider-man movies are bad sorry <laughs> no that's <laughs> oh, fine that's a
2: conversation for that's a conversation for a different yeah. <laughs> um, i i will say because you brought up one of you brought up a great point you're like it seems like this is just harry's like it's harry's world right at least the way that it's brought to screen. It's like, this is Harry Potter's world. It's not Hogwarts. It's not everyone else. It's Harry Potter's story. And I will give a small plug because Euphoria season two, I don't know if you've watched Euphoria at all, but I'm not going to any spoilers, but Euphoria season two, they do a phenomenal job because you know Zendaya is the main actress, but you are so invested in about 10 different characters, like equally invested as you are to Zendaya's character that... you you love it that much more you love the world that they're in you love the the time the the storyline and I think if they they did that obviously it's Harry Potter's story with the Scar with Voldemort his you know his relationship there but if they built more investment into Hermione and more of an investment into Ron more of an investment into these other characters I think that almost would have well-rounded that emotion rather than saying oh this is just Harry Potter's story and this is his life and this is just us focusing on it for eight movies but ultimately that's kind of how it was designed so there's not really a flaw there that's the purpose
1: yeah yeah totally agree uh yeah i think harry potter is just different i like that it just focuses it is. on harry yeah, is. Um, and i would be totally fine if they did like a continuation of actually well they, there was another book right and they did a play with like his cursed son, child yeah the cursed, the cursed child. child yeah uh i, I don't know any yeah me neither we're yeah i'm not the right person for Harry potter anymore sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm like i would be i would be interested if they did a movie uh continuing that but i actually just like the way it ended i thought it was perfect and
2: I th- yeah i think overall like it's it's funny because the, the like doing these type of reviews is you kind of mm-hmm. get to nitpick you know if we're talking about Harry Potter, Harry Potter's brilliant, right? Like it's one of the most brilliant franchises of all time. And they did such a great job, but it's also really enjoyable to say, hey, you know, here's some areas if they would have read it, here's some areas that they might've been able to tweak or change or see what the outcome could have been. I will say one of my, my main con, I didn't have many cons, but my main con, the acting limitations, you know, with J.K. Rowling saying that she only wanted British actors. There was only one other actor that was not British in this film. It was an American actor who played the mini-me in Austin Powers. Um, He was the only non-British actor. And I think that brought a lot of limitation to not only, you know, who could have played Harry, Ron, Hermione, all the sub, you know, characters of the movie, but also the characters. Now you found great names in Gary Oldman, you know, Ralph Fiennes, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but you you found some great gems, but I think that limitation kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, Joel said it in the first, I mean, honestly, through all the films, the kids are really bad at acting, you know, like, and, and rightfully so, they didn't have any previous experience. This is, their, this is their experience. They weren't child actors. I think, you know, Daniel Radcliffe was in like an off-Broadway show or something, and then he was cast in Harry Potter.
1: Well, I think that's what's cool about the the whole movie series is that like as they mature the movies a little bit more mature and their acting is better like um you would think by the logic like oh that means the movies are going to get better um I like I love how the whole series is designed um and and weirdly I as much as i don't like the first two i think they're perfect in, in a way um because it's like a, it's literally the, it's a children's movie and it's and it's a children's fantasy movie and we're just going to keep it that um and i think it's perfect on for what it is but i still yeah. like i i just uh i don't know for the reason i just didn't like it the first uh movie i i think it's really nostalgic but every time i watch it it's like the one i want to skip the most i just want to skip the first two so much <laughs> i'm like just give me just a better movie um, and then i i definitely agree with you about the fourth one i think it's the most watch rewatchable. you don't have to like even someone that didn't know anything about harry potter they could watch that one have a good time yeah i'm sorry what were we gonna say roger
0: oh no you're good i i i've just trying to been trying to think of a way to explain I guess my feelings in a, in the right way. And I I guess I can boil it down to there's not enough internal conflict in Harry Potter. It's all external or not all, but the majority of it is external. And I think that's, that's my problem with it is it doesn't, it teaches you, like, I think you said, like, Harry's always looking for a mentor. Like all his problems are solved by something external and he never really like, it never really teaches you how to like dig inside yourself. It's like, You know, and and it's funny that the 20th anniversary edition, they're talking about like depression and like self and identity crisis and like some of these things that were actually happening to the actors. But Harry Potter doesn't address anything like that. It's it just it just says, oh, you know, if you're having a hard time, then, you know, make sure your magic is stronger or make sure you like have a a stronger ally on your side or or that you figure out this this uh, mystery so that you can, you know, use the horror like it's all, it's always about like an external solution. And I think that in today's world, like internal solutions are, are really like what we need. Like if I'm dealing with depression, I can't just go like find a mentor and like get over it. Or like, I can't just go to the gym and work out. So I'm stronger. And now I can like beat depression type thing. I think that's like the biggest issue with it. And um, like I said, I think, I think you both, I agree with both of you. Like it's an iconic series. I still enjoy watching it. It's not like I hate it, but I just wish that it, it focused a little bit more on, on that, because I think it would have been an amazing platform to, to teach kids, especially like, you know, if you're dealing with these problems, like, like the actors actually are like, this is how you like work through it. Or this is like some ideas, or this is kind of like an example of like, yeah, Harry's depressed. His life sucks. Like he's lost his parents and all this stuff. Like, how do you deal with that? And they're just like, well, you know, he, he has the same wand core as voldemort so that's why he can survive it's like okay well i'm that doesn't apply to me you know but seriously yeah. like I, I don't know that's just kind of like how i see i wish yeah, I d- I, it's a missed opportunity
1: i definitely agree um and to me harry potter is like the same as star wars like mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's an escape fantasy movie right um like I'm watching these cause I want to feel better and escape and not like, I don't want to relate to someone with depression. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, um, but seriously, yeah, that, that's for euphoria <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> and not Harry Potter. But I think, um, yeah, I think the star Wars like, comparison is a good one though.
0: I, I like that. Cause it like, I, I agree with you. I think it's a similar situation.
1: Yeah.
2: I think, uh, I think if you were to well round everything, I think Harry Potter is exactly what they made it to be. And and you said this earlier, Joel, like to be a director on this film, I bet that I I would assume that these directors have thoughts like, how can we make this kind of a a teaching experience? And then probably the thought ran through the head, oh my God, I I can't mess this up. Never mind. Let's stick straight to the book, how it was written. Let's try to just make this universe exactly what it was made to be. And so as much as I, I actually agree, I think there should be more kind of teaching opportunities, you know, relatability, but I think ultimately as a director, as a screenwriter, as anybody on that team, they probably had a huge fear of stepping away from JK Rowling's book and her storyline and everything, and just the whole vibe and energy of this magical world so that it could be a getaway and an escape for somebody who might be going through that and doesn't want to think about it, or somebody who just wants to show their kids a fantasy movie, but I think, in the end, it seems like it was made exactly how they kind of wanted it to be made.
0: Yeah, and I yeah. I don't fault the directors at all for any of this. I think it's J.K. Rowling's writing that's the problem. Like, she didn't create any of this internal struggle, resolution, like teaching opportunities that we could identify with. And I, and I don't blame them for making it true to the books because that's what people were reading and enjoying. And, and it obviously was very successful. So I don't think that's necessarily like something JK Rowling was super concerned with. And so when they made the movies, I don't, I'm not like, Oh, the directors should have totally changed this and made it better. But, you know, I think yeah. the movies ended up as a great overall, they were a good representation of the books, obviously, you know, an extended edition or a part two to some of them would have been nice, but ultimately I think the, the movies did about as good a job as you could do for a series like this without, you know, having, like I said, more, screen time and more budget
1: so yeah i think they did great with what they with what they had and i think that's more <laughs> of like the movie time limit sure um but no i think i disagree w- with the flaw a little bit to an extent like i think or like i think harry had a ton of problems um but i think your criticism was like how he dealed with them yeah um, um yeah and i think harry just used like he just went into the world like he had a choice whether to stay with like his terrible life or to choose this new life and sometimes like we we can't always relate to that we don't have things just come to us um but i think that's what makes the movie entertaining at the same time um it's like yeah. a an opportunity that just comes out of nowhere and that's what makes the movie um yeah it just feels like a i i don't know how i would solve your issue um uh, I, I guess just giving, you just wish he was depressed. Is that, was that it?
0: Not necessarily. I just wish that. So my, one of my favorite, my favorite book series or story of all time is, is called the stormlight archive. Um, and the characters in that book and that story, they, they deal with depression or anxiety or trauma or, or like real things that we deal, We, as people deal with. And they do face external threats. There's like action sequences and fighting and, and, and things like that. But they're, they always have to overcome something internally before they can overcome something externally. Like, it's like, Oh, you know, like one of the main characters, he deals with depression. Like, and as you read, like you can totally tell and identify with that. And I think, you know, his struggle is like, why should I keep trying everyone? I try to help always dies like every time like I'm the only one who survives like what's the point I should just kill myself at some point you know because everyone I try to help always gets hurt and I'm the last one left alive with these feelings of depression and so he has to overcome that so that he can fight and save people and that's sort of a struggle that he's dealing with and I think Harry Potter I never feel like there's an internal struggle that I identify with I feel like
1: Mm.
0: one I think he's incredibly lucky a lot because J.K. Rowling sort of writes a solution when Voldemort should have killed him, obviously. Like, he has, like, a soul split seven times. Like, he, he should win, you know? But it's like, oh, you know, someone stepped in and saved Harry, or oh, the wands happened to match, so Voldemort can't kill him, or oh, love, you know, his parents sacrificed himself, so he's protected for, you know, five or six books from that. And so it's like, it's just like, okay, I'm fighting Voldemort, but all these external things like love or our wands match or some Dumbledore can step in and save me. So I don't actually have to face whatever these problems are. I just look for some external source to save me. And then I survive to the next book. And then I have another confrontation and then some external source saves me. And I don't have to face these, these internal issues. Like if I were Harry, I'd be like, dang, like my parents died, Sirius died. Like everyone dies. Like, why don't I just, you know, leave Ron and Hermione behind because they're going to die. And, and, but then, you know, now I'm alone, I'm depressed. Like I'm, no one believes me. Like I just never identified with those feelings. Like I know he had them, but I I just wasn't given the opportunity to identify with them, I guess is my thing. So it's not like I want him to be depressed and mopey all the time. I just think if he, if he was presented in a way to where I could see that side of him and like, see how he overcomes those things internally. That would help me appreciate him more as a character and like feel more connected to him when he does succeed. So
1: Yeah, to me, how I interpret Harry is he's just like this lost but very motivated and curious individual. That's how I see Harry, but with like, I guess like self-esteem issues. I think I relate with like Neville a lot. Um, I think he had a great arc. I feel like everyone had a really great arc though. Like everyone had a problem and they had an arc. Um, so I think that I think that was really good character writing though. Um, and I think that's my that's all i have to say with that <laughs> no for sure no, I,
2: think that, I think those are great honestly really good kind of thought processes as well because you're going to have people who relate to these characters and then you're going to have people who say i need a little bit more i need a little bit more you know relativity to these these films as to what i'm experiencing today which is very valid um i do want to end if that's all right i have five facts i kind of pulled together i found them interesting maybe you guys won't but um, as i Let's said the franchise is now worth over 15 billion dollars which i think is absolutely crazy but um yeah with the eight films all the merchandise universal studios um it's absolutely crazy um the second thing harry potter doesn't cast a single spell in the first movie is that right I mean I read that um I was like is that really true like I didn't I, it seems wrong to me but that's
0: one no, of the that sounds right. Crazy
2: facts that they came around, and I was like, "Wow, all right." Um,
0: As Daniel Radcliffe actually... said in the twentieth anniversary, "He's like, and then I melted a guy's face." So he used his love hand <laughs> magic
2: to melt Voldemort's right.
0: face, that's right. but he didn't actually use a wand. I think that's right. I can't think of an instance. That's interesting. These yeah, next like... two I
2: found uh, really interesting. Um, so Lupin, um, according to J.K. Rowling, Lupin was a, represent- a representation of AIDS so like the way that he dealt like the way his character was formed was a representation of aids and i was like wow like i i never would have thought in a million years like that that was like the inspiration behind creating professor
1: lupin i still so, can't see um, it i think yeah, kinda, that sounds like the a, way that he... one of jk's okay. like just weird something after like after actually the dumbledore's gay i never told you this but he's gay um and I'm like, yeah oh, well, so
2: uh, from what i read she she mentioned uh his fear of sharing like his true character with people she felt was similar to people with aids how they were very scared to tell people that they had AIDS, and how he yeah. was scared to tell that he was actually like a werewolf you know and how he always had to disguise it and he had to put on a face for it. He had to like be this leader among other people, even though he was dealing with this very difficult circumstance. And I found it, I, I see why I just, I felt like it was an interesting inspiration because I felt like that's relatable to other things or comparable to other things. But I
1: definitely, I definitely agree. And you can use that. You can use that type of character or like, you know, wolf handling to a side of your life and hiding it. Um, uh, you can use that with like anything too, but it kind of does sound like one of JK's like, it's actually I made this character. It sounds like a pretentious like, <laughs> writing that, thing. That,
0: yeah, that that kind of, not to keep going back to my point, but I feel like that kind of reinforces my point. Like, because the message then about that character is like, yeah, hide your flaws and pretend like you're normal. That's what I get from those characters. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. teach you to deal with that. Like, oh, you're a werewolf. Oh, you have AIDS. Oh, you know, like Dumbledore, you're a homosexual you know dumbledore never came out and like yes i am like i'm gonna accept it and deal with it it was like oh i'm just gonna hide it now i died and i never had to reveal it i made it you know that's kind of like was dumbledore
2: homosexual i didn't know that
0: jk rowling came out after the fact and said that he was but that was like after all the movies and books had been done so it wasn't like oh okay that's kind of what um joel was kind of hinting at like you know she comes out after the fact and says these things and you're like okay did you just say that to get like publicity or did you say that because you actually did do it so whether or not she did that makes sense with professor Quirrell, like i I don't think it i think that's interesting but i i think it again it's like okay so you have aids what's the message i'm supposed to take from this hide it until you die so that you don't have to deal with it Mm. because yeah i don't know i i think yeah that's interesting, though. I I don't know whether it's it was a like you said, Joel, whether it's something that she said after the fact or something she said before. But because like when you
1: watch yeah. those movies, or uh, I I think it it would make sense. She was like his character was inspired by AIDS. Then like every, like it. I don't know. It just doesn't make that much sense. It doesn't. So, well, <laughs> yeah. so the, this next
2: point I think is a little bit more practical. Um, so. She did mention that the dementors are a, phys- a physical depiction of her depression that she experienced in her 20s. Mm-hmm. So, like the way she wrote them and the way she created them and the way that she kind of had a visual interpretation of them um, was the physical depiction of the depression that she went through in her 20s, which I found actually very intriguing because, you know, I'm, she, had a, she had a part to play in how they were created on screen as she did everything else. And so to see them on screen, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself. They're the scariest like things in the entire series. In my opinion, every time I see a Dementor, I'm like, God damn, like these guys, <laughs> they're, they're scary, you know? Dude, but, they
1: are. I had so many nightmares about those. Um, <laughs> the third one has like, so I, there's like the werewolf scene and then the uh, the train scene. Mm-hmm. So many nightmares. Um what about, or was there any other cool facts that you, that you had, Spencer?
2: I just have one more. I just have one more, um, which I found kind of funny. Um, have you guys seen Queen's Gambit?
0: No. Oh, the, no. Right. I know of it, but I haven't okay, seen the it.
2: The chess one? Okay, mm-hmm. so the, the kid who played Dudley is in Queen's Gambit, and he's exceptionally skinny. Like, he yeah. almost doesn't even look the same. Um, and it's funny because I don't know his name, but Dudley's actor <laughs> almost lost his role from, um the second movie to the third movie for losing weight um he had to wear a fat suit in the third movie because he lost so much weight and i wow. found that it's i found that really interesting now i want to go back and watch it and see if i can kind of you know see so, that he's wearing a fat suit
1: that's so interesting uh man that's so that's that's like a you're gonna yeah i feel like it's an easily solvable issue just wear a fat suit you're fine you can keep your job like threaten his job
0: well this poor kid it's like he's like yeah. he's got like three minutes of screen time in each movie so it's like yeah, like exactly. hey you're you're you know if you make this if you're in this movie you can make enough money to like help yourself a long time but it's like but you gotta you gotta have poor
1: health you did know, you, you guys gotta... yeah exactly <laughs> don't don't take care of yourself for, yeah. yeah that sounds really terrible um the first or the very end did you guys ever see the deleted scene with dudley where he like goes up to harry and he has a resolution but they cut it out it was a deleted scene and the no? seventh one yeah the very last one or no part one it was part one i think i did see that yeah spencer you should watch that um
2: I, I'm trying to remember if I saw it. I will say on that same point, I'm extremely disappointed that they cut Draco Malfoy scene where he throws the wand, at Harry. So in the uh, in yeah, in the eighth movie, I was like, that is like the biggest character like climax for Draco Malfoy, and you decide to just throw it out. I'm like
1: Yeah, I would say he was one character that never really got a resolution. Like at the very end, he still went with he walked over to his parents cause of guilt, but you still feeling like he's a good guy deep down. But They still never yeah. really give him that arc. Uh, so they, that was like, I'm surprised they cut that. That's really sad. Um, and the Dudley thing. Those are two things I wish they didn't cut out. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: You- well, do you guys have any last minute, you know, thoughts, final conclusions um, before we wrap this up?
1: I don't think Go so. Ahead, I did. I did find some cool facts, but I think, uh, they're not that interesting i daniel i'm like we can quickly go over them and yeah like, go like for five it five more minutes yeah dude yeah um, sure um daniel's double was paralyzed did you guys know this what nice. no yeah he it was like the i think it was part one as well and he like fell off the motorcycle and got paralyzed uh um, oh, he and got like paralyzed we, through he was, doing the, the yeah here's his, yeah, he his spine um no that's a sad fact sorry for bringing the zoom i thought you down. meant
0: i thought you were saying he was paralyzed oh, no. <laughs> he had a paralyzed stunt double from the beginning and i was like wow that's <laughs>
1: impressive you know oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that seems pretty impossible that's but super sad i did not to, know that. to make it happier he has like a production company and he's doing better now like nice films. good good um, good and then uh, Daniel didn't have the right eye color for Harry, which is a pretty big deal. You know,
2: I, I didn't. Yeah, I read about that.
1: And he tried to have wear, green eyes. Is that right? Yeah, and uh, didn't have green eyes. But so they tried giving him like contact lenses, but he had like a reaction, so he couldn't wear. So, and then they were like, "Well, what are we gonna do with his mom?" So they just find a. They found an actor that had the same kind of eyes as Daniel. Um, and J.K. Rowling was actually supposed to originally be Lily, but she I saw that. Um, yeah, she said, "Find an actor that looks like Daniel." And then uh, the actor who played Bill Weasley—he's in Star Wars too. He's like the commander. Mm-hmm. Um, his his dad, his like biological dad, is Mad Eye Moody. I did not know that. Huh. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's like that one scene in part one. Uh, I think that's the most underrated. I think that's something I disagree with on Spencer um, is part one. Right. It's actually really, really good. Um, and it's actually, I think that's like my third favorite. Um, and I love how slow it gets. And just like, they literally just have a dancing scene. You never see that in Harry Potter. Um, and when, I feel like some of your guys' criticism is like, it didn't feel like like real enough or like it didn't feel emotions. To me, that one feels like the most emotional. Wearing mm. this necklace that makes him terrible. Uh, And they don't, you don't want to be around them. And they'd have to deal with that. Um, And I think that's really interesting. Just, he just goes away, and they just have a dance scene. And there's that like little love triangle going on. Um, And I think part, I love how slow part one gets. um, And I love the action in it too. Um, I think that's all that I have. Sorry. Was there anything else, Roger? Um, No, just that, just that overall, I think, you know, Harry
0: Potter is definitely going to stand the test of time. I think it's, it's something that is easy to get into, you know, to enjoy for what it is, you know, and don't get me wrong. My, my criticisms are not saying like, I hate Harry Potter. You should never watch it. Like, just don't enjoy it at all. It's terrible. I just think there were missed opportunities that could have made it, elevated it. But I think for what it is, I think it has the same kind of allure of star Wars, which is, you know, it's an amazing world that i wish i could be a part of and so it's fun to pretend and and immerse myself through whether it's buying a wand or a lightsaber and pretending that i'm a wizard or or a jedi you know i think it's it's got the same sort of appeal and i think that you know if you want to if you want a really interesting story then you know it's it's great it's like you said it's good for kids it's multi-generational it's good for parents you know who can share it with their kids so you know you can't go wrong if you ever want to have a movie night and watch harry potter
2: yeah, I think this is one. Uh, it's almost it's one of very many reasons that other book series should be picked up because Harry Potter is one of the top five greatest movie franchises of all time. I mean, if you know, think of the best multi movie franchises. You know, you, you that list is not big um, when you think of greatest, and I think Harry Potter is definitely on or towards the top of that list. And I think that comes from very unique, you know, authors, you know, creating their books. You know, Roger and I have had this conversation where Roger reads a lot of different type of, you know, sci-fi or fantasy type books that mm-hmm. could be brought to screen. I mean, look at what's happening with Dune. It wasn't even a well-written book. I mean, in my opinion, I haven't read it, but from what I hear, and they, they turned it into this
0: masterpiece on screen.
2: So I think if I had any last type of thoughts, it would be, you know, this is one one of many reasons to kind of bring more book series to screen so that we kind of have new ideas, new visions, new experiences to have um, in the movie theater.
0: For sure. Yeah, I think there's so many great stories out there that are in books. And, you know, they mentioned this in the documentary, but people were reading books that didn't read books because of Harry Potter. And I think there's so many series out there that if people if they got a movie that people would pick up those books and read them and enjoy them as much as if not more than Harry Potter. So I think it's just exciting to see Dune, the wheel of time, you know, Ender's game, like just movies like that, that were made based off of a book and people love them. And it's like, great. Like, let's keep that going. Cause there's so many great stories in books. We don't need, you know, fast and furious 11, you know, give us something, you know, maybe some some people enjoy that, but it's like, we could create new stories instead of like continuing series just because we've run out of ideas for what to do. That's new. So I totally agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, thank you, Joel, man. Thanks for joining us. You know, this is an awesome conversation. I felt like there were so many different points, which I think builds a lot of character in any type of podcast or conversation. So I Mm -hmm. do appreciate you joining us. Um, Definitely stay, stay posted, you know, Roger mentions this at the end of every podcast. If you have opinion, if you have a thought, message us, you know, reach out to us. We want to know. We love you know contradicting thoughts. We love thoughts that are inspirational or that add more insight. Um, our next podcast will be uh, industry updates in, in film. So we're we'll going talk about that. By that time, the Oscars will, the Oscar nominations will be out. So I think we'll definitely highlight those. And then mm-hmm. we will be, the following will be on a, a topic on inspiration. So it'll be wrapped around that. And then yep. we are looking forward to our Batman review. So um, mm, with this Batman. one, Harry Potter, I know Batman. let um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Such a pleasure, boys. Seriously, thank you so much for, for hopping on. It means a lot.